Honghai has negotiated a deal with the U.S. state of Wisconsin to scale back its investment project in the state. The deal, which still has to be approved by the state's business agency, provides for a smaller investment and reduced tax breaks. Hohai's chairman said the firm planned to adjust its business plan for the Wisconsin facility, but he didn't specify the changes. Hohai first announced its Wisconsin project in 2017, and the facility remains largely unbuilt. Back in 2017, Honghai announced a 10 billion U.S. dollar manufacturing complex project in Wisconsin. After clearing a string of hurdles, Honghai finally signed an MOU for the project. But according to U.S. media reports, the new governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, and Honghai have agreed to restructure the deal, scaling down the project and lowering the tax credits. I wouldn't say it's being scaled back. It is just being adjusted due to industry requirements. Originally, we were expecting to make liquid crystal display panels there. Those have their own requirements and their own investment plan. According to U.S. media, minor adjustments were made to Honghai's plan after Evers assumed office. Four years ago, the original deal dished up more than $4 billion U.S. billion in government incentives for Honghai to build a $10 billion U.S. dollar LCD panel plant that would create 13,000 jobs. The new deal has industry watchers wondering what the plant will be for now. Our investment plan continues to be in progress. Last time, I mentioned that we've been looking for a suitable local industry to work with. I reported to you then that this industry will likely be electric vehicles. It will likely be an industry in a 3 plus 3 initiative, not one in ICT. Honghai's chairman says renegotiating the deal was crucial to maintaining its partnership with Wisconsin. He said Honghai wouldn't rule out investing in other emerging industries in Wisconsin, such as medical equipment manufacturing. The details of the project will be announced once finalized. Well, DRAM maker Nanya Technology has announced a new 12-inch advanced wafer fab project in New Taipei. It said its investment would reach 300 billion NT. Let's turn to its press conference. On this day, I would like to thank Nanya Technology for expanding its investment in New Taipei. A 300 billion NT investment just like that. Wow. This is great encouragement for New Taipei as we work to boost business investment. Memory is an extremely important component of semiconductors. The 12-inch wafer plant we're investing in can be said to be a pioneer in Taiwan's DRAM sector, as it is the first to use our in-house 10 nanometer process. Back in 2017, Nanya set up its operating headquarters in New Taipei's Nanling Science Technology Park in Taishan District. Now, the company is investing 300 billion NT to build an advanced wafer plant, which it will complete in three phases. Mass production is expected to start at the Phase 1 facility in 2024. Once all three phases are complete, the FAB will be able to process 45,000 wafers a month. Well, Taipei Zoo's uh, uh, eldest king penguin is convalescing after a successful eye surgery. The 24-year-old elder penguin was one of the first to arrive in the zoo. Although his cataracts were removed in an unprecedented surgical success for vets, he's still almost blind. Let's head to the zoo to wish the old gentleman to get well soon. This venerable old king penguin doesn't see so well anymore. He was the fourth king penguin to arrive at Taipei Zoo and in his old age developed cataracts on his right eye. 
That put undue pressure on his eye and led to repeated inflammations, prompting doctors to arrange an operation. The penguins have a nictitating membrane on their eye, which automatically covers their eye when they are underwater, like a pair of goggles. It's quite a difficult place for us to operate on because we had to open up this third eyelid. Faced with this third eyelid complicating the surgery, the vet consulted an ophthalmologist specially before carrying out the zoo's first ever cataracts operation. With a penguin patient, the operating theater had to be kept much colder than usual. A large sack of ice cubes was used to keep everything as chilly as possible. It took about three or four hours. It was rather inflamed on the right. The lens had softened. Using suction, we were able to remove the cataract successfully. After the operation, we found that he seemed to have a bit of a response to light. Most penguins in captivity don't live much beyond 15 or 20 years. This fellow was already 24. Although his cataract is gone, vets didn't give him a new right eye, and his left eye is deteriorating. He can still see light faintly, but moves slowly, feeling his way more than seeing where he's going. Young penguins can be very frisky, so zookeepers are keeping him by himself for now, so that he can live out his golden years peacefully. The Central Intelligence Agency predicts that Taiwan will have the lowest fertility rate in the world in 2021 with an average of 1.07 births per woman of childbearing age. Speaking at a rare public appearance on Tuesday, former Premier Mao Zhigo weighed in on Taiwan's birth rate crisis. He said the government should do more to provide access to fertility treatments. <laughs> this little girl doesn't care to be held and she orders her grandpa to let her down. Look close, and you'll notice Grandpa is none other than Mao, the former premier. Every night, she'll come up to the fourth floor. She lives on the third floor, and I on the fourth. She comes over and does what I call creating havoc in heaven. Every time she's upstairs, no matter what work I have on hand, I have to put it down and make her my priority. This two-year-old is a former premier's granddaughter. His daughter is here, too, holding his three-month-old grandson. This happy family portrait was a long time in the making. His daughter realized her dream of having kids using in vitro fertilization. We had actually been married for five or six years. It was quite a long time. Of course, we also weren't trying that hard. We thought we would leave it to fate and try on and off. But now I think that with something like this, you have to be proactive. Age is the worst enemy of fertility. When a woman is over 40 years old, the quality of her eggs begins to decline and their survival rate becomes relatively poor. According to the latest CIA forecast of global fertility rates, the bottom five economies are Hong Kong, Macau, Singapore, South Korea and Taiwan. Taiwan ranked last with just 1.07 births expected per woman of childbearing age. According to Taiwan's Interior Ministry, there was a record low of 165,000 births last year, more than 12,000 fewer than the year before. Speaking on the low birth rate, former Premier Mao said that besides providing childbirth subsidies, the government should also address the issue of infertility. If you're unable to get pregnant, or if you can't carry a baby to term, the postnatal subsidies are useless to you. Assisted human reproduction should be covered by health insurance. Subsidies for in vitro have been available since 2015, but because they're restricted to low- and lower-middle-income households, only seven births have been achieved through the program in six years. 
Mao said Tuesday that the government should adjust its population policies to give more support to families that want to conceive. Food deliverers have announced plans to unionize. The union could launch as early as next month, and so far, 80 workers have applied to join. The move comes after wage structure adjustments by Taiwan's two leading uh, food delivery apps. In the past, I might run 110 orders a week and earn 9,600 NT. Nowadays, I might run 164 orders a week and still only earn 9,000 NT. That's 50 more orders, but the wage isn't higher. Instead, it's lower. Every time they say they're making it fairer, giving us more protection and giving us more money. But when you do the math, the numbers show that wages have gone down. Only by joining together can we push back against our platforms or lodge an appeal with the government. At present, most local governments and municipal governments have established ordinances to govern the food delivery industry. That's been a great help, but we hope things can get better. The workers say their employers lowered their base rates and raised performance bonuses. According to the workers, Uber Eats cut their base rate by 10 to 30 percent in Taipei, New Taipei and Keelung, while Food Panda did the same in Taichung, Zhanghua and Nantou in March. Although drivers are eligible for better bonuses, they say bonuses are subject to change at a moment's notice. With travel restrictions still in place due to the pandemic, department stores are offering shoppers the flavor of their favorite vacation spots. At one Taipei department store, a Thailand food festival is underway, complete with Muay Thai performances. At another, there's a showcase of authentic South Korean cuisine and chefs who cook it up on the, on the spot. For most news reporter Stephanie Yang shows us what's cooking. The chef flattens the bread dough using a rolling pin. Then he adds yam to the center of the bread dough. He wraps it up like a dumpling until it's shaped like a sweet potato. Then he bakes the bread for a few minutes. These sweet potato, pumpkin and yam flavored breads are currently very popular in Korea. Now you don't have to fly to Korea to get a taste. We make bread, drinks and cakes that are popular in Korea, like sweet potato bread and potato bread. Those are hot sellers. Our bread is made of real Korean flour and the taste is almost the same as what you'd get in Korea. At this department store, there are over 40 stores selling local Korean delicacies. This department store's 2021 Jeju Korean exhibition will showcase 40 vendors with authentic Korean foods and snacks. Popular items here are spicy rice cakes and Korean fish cakes, which often appear in Korean dramas. In addition to fresh food, there are Korean cosmetic products and souvenirs. The event will last until April 26. There are a lot of specialty products and famous products from Jeju Island. I thought they all looked great, so I got them. I think this event is great. Many of these things are products you'd see and buy in Korea. Due to the pandemic, we cannot go abroad, so I'm very happy to go on this shopping spree. We themed it on Jeju Island because Jeju Island is kind of like the Hawaii of South Korea. There are many products, and some of them are really great for the body. Over at this other department store, the chef is in the middle of a live cooking show. He adds spoonfuls of salad oil, garlic chili, then he adds in Thai curry before pouring it over a soft shell crab. Because we believe that only by using local ingredients and spices can we achieve the most authentic taste. 
We're at the Thai Food Festival, hosted at a department store in collaboration with the Thailand Trade and Economic Office. There are chef cooking shows as well as Thai and Muay Thai performances. The festival lasts till April 25th. So long as there's not another bad wave in the pandemic, we're hoping to welcome all of you to Thailand starting next year. The Thailand Trade and Economic Office says the Thai government is confident in its ability to control the epidemic. Thailand is considering setting up a travel bubble with Taiwan for a start date in 2022. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Li Chi in Taipei.